0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the first 10-minute Tuesday for 2020. Uh, Let me start by telling you where the Insecurity Project is heading. Uh, Firstly, this thing is about social impact. I'm sure you'll agree there's just an urgency in the air. There's a sense that gone are the days for talk, gone are the days for small living and and selfishness, that uh, it's time to band together and do good. And that businesses must be a force for good. They must be about more than just money. They must be about raising the collective consciousness of the planet, contributing meaningfully and solving important problems. So I will take my place. I will take my place as a force for good. And I will help people do the same. The Insecurity Project it is about doing the work around becoming adults Every single human being is on a trajectory, a natural trajectory to become adults. But So much stuff gets in the way. There's so much internal and external stuff that stops people progressing in their journey, parking on the side of the road and remaining in their dysfunction. But that's not only good for them. It's not only, sorry, that's not only bad for them, not only bad for their friends and family. That's bad for the world. And we all pay a price for our own dysfunction and each other's dysfunction. Out of that dysfunction, we make decisions that hurt ourselves and hurt others. And so, the insecurity project is about doing some clear, intelligent, some some complete thinking around the process of fully becoming an adult, so that you can deal with this dysfunction, overcome it. But we are each responsible for that process, and to think globally about the impact of unresolved dysfunction, unresolved insecurity, remaining as a child in an adult's world, and to notice that that is. A very costly decision, not just for you, but for the world. So there is work to do. There there is work to do. And I am so committed to that work in my own life and doing whatever I can to help others do that work. No one can fix this dysfunction for you. You know, in, in the world of hashtag mental health, it's a conversation that's happening all the time. But I'm just, I'm far from... Inspired by the way those conversations go so often. There's, there's a lot of talk that doesn't lead to much change. Uh, there's a lot of visibility around these themes and these ideas on social media. There's a lot of content being posted. There's a lot of people telling others to feel better about themselves, to, to stop worrying about what others think and just start believing in yourself. And that's not how insecurity is solved. There is work to be done, there is a process to follow. And if you dance around this too long, you end up getting vaccinated by these ideas and discouraged and, and you stop believing that it's possible to change. And then you start lying to yourself about happy, how happy you really are and you descend into madness. I got challenged about that word madness recently by someone reviewing my stuff saying that was a bit dramatic, uh, but it is not dramatic. It, it, is, it is an entirely suitable word to describe what happens with unresolved insecurity. It causes inherently beautiful, intelligent human beings to make decisions against all better judgment, against internal values, decisions that hurt themselves and hurt others, that are reckless, that cause suffering, that induce pain, that uh, end up creating a trail of of woe. That that is madness. That's the only way to describe it. So there is work to be done and uh, my message is... Going to get louder around that work and clearer about the need to do that work and the process to do that work and the responsibility we each have to do that work. Uh, I uh, my intention is to work with ambitious people who are trying to do good stuff in the world and and trying to live their best life, but realize they're internally limited and they realize if they don't deal with their stuff, they're never going to achieve the, the ambitions that they have inside them. Uh, and by the way. When I say ambitious people, that is everyone. And to desire is human. So the sense of ambition is what defines us as a human being. It's what makes us alive. Uh, so often people have shut down desire and have turned off ambition, which begins the process of dehumanising themselves. But nevertheless, it can be awakened and it can be reengaged. Uh, so, but without that sense of ambition, there is, there is not the internal motivation to solve this problem. So, uh, yeah, I really only have a message for people who are willing to explore that ambition and realise that without doing the work around their own dysfunction, I'll never see that ambition achieved. So there's a few changes to the, the setup for this year. Uh, the podcast will continue. I'm not going to do as many coaching sessions. Some of the, the feedback I've had and when I've reviewed the effectiveness of those sessions, I think sometimes it creates a, a false idea that, you can experience dramatic and lasting change in one conversation. Uh, so I'm not sure that's ever how it works. I mean, when people do coaching with me, it's a six-month process. There is work to be done. So case studies, yes, I will I'll keep revealing the process and giving you examples of what is working and, and the fruit in people's life. Um, I want to have more conversations with experts who are playing in this space and collaborate with others. Uh, I'm going to introduce three experts this year in the area of spirituality, sexuality and finance. Um, I think there are three really important subjects that are very central to our experience of life. Uh, you know, there are so many people who who have a, some kind of faith experience. You know, it's there. there's literally... Uh, you know probably half the world's population would describe themselves as in some way religious that's a that's a lot of people and there are so many people who get stuck in religious institutions and religious mindsets and and religious ways of being that now become part of the problem Um, you know i grew up in church i was a pastor myself you know i think i think religious leaders are some of the most insecure people that exist I think so often their identity gets tied to their role, and then their whole livelihood depends upon keeping people within that system, uh, which is, uh, you know, a pretty cruel experience to have. And so, so often people who desire to have a faith experience or be spiritual beings find themselves locked within a system that dehumanizes them. And so, it seems like the only option is to discard their faith and and not be spiritual or remain in a dysfunctional space. And so uh, I want to facilitate conversations around how, to, how do you be spiritual in a way that's authentic to you and continue to grow and reinvent that expression and that experience, uh, sometimes even in a post-religious setting. Uh, I want to facilitate conversations around sexuality. We are sexual beings. Are, that is a difficult part of our nature, but a central part of our nature. It, it creates all kinds of suffering and pain and dysfunction and challenge Uh, But often just because those conversations are not had and and there are no frameworks to navigate the interplay of our sexuality and our identity, our beliefs about ourselves, our beliefs about our inadequacy in that area uh, impact how we feel in every area. And so uh, I've got a a great content specialist in that area to be able to facilitate some really great conversations uh, and, and finance too. Our beliefs about ourselves impact how we relate to money. And money is, you know, is one of the most central aspects of all life, all transactions. There's not much you can do without it having a financial component to it. So uh, looking forward to some really useful conversations that perhaps aren't being had elsewhere to help you navigate those challenges. Uh, there's two books coming out this year. Uh, some of you have been following uh, The One Minute Coach. It's my radio spot that plays around the country Uh, I've got 365 segments and so that is coming out as a book very, very soon, which I'm excited about and and give you some, uh, some quality thoughts that are short and sharp as a way of reorienting yourself at the start of the day, part of your morning rituals just to check in and get a coaching piece for the day that helps you stay on the path. Um, The Deep Change book is coming out this year as well. That is the the framework based around the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity. Uh, I've been working on that for some time, but it's uh, coming out very soon as well. There are some events being run this year uh, in Sydney, in Brisbane, in Gold Coast, uh, in Melbourne, in uh, Los Angeles, in North Carolina, Uh, the Deep Change event, how to um, improve the quality of your life for good. So giving people more ways of encountering and interacting with the content around the Insecurity Project and uh, yeah, ways of, of really accessing the content that applies to them. Uh, the, the socials are, are making a few changes there. So some of you have been part of the Insecurity Project group. Uh, you've noticed that I've uh, I found une- felt uneasy about how that group was vaccinating people by the end of toward the end of last year. And by that, I mean, um, you know, vaccination works by giving you a little to prevent you getting the lot. So to me, it seemed like the experience for for lots of people was a false economy. Yeah, I'm part of a group. Yeah, I'm doing the work, but I'm not seeing the results. And I think I was facilitating that. So I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to facilitate stuff that actually gets in the way for people. There is work to do. And I don't want to give people the false pretense that they are doing work if they're not doing work. So the Insecurity Project group is going to transition to a page, which for me gives a, a better chance for, for higher reach, for short, sharp content that starts a conversation and gets gets people into the space where they're considering these things, knowing that they haven't committed to anything, Then they're under no illusion they're doing any work around it, but the content is sparking stuff in inside their mind and in the heart and causing them to ask questions that, 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 that then they can pursue. So for those who who are part of the insecurity project group, uh, I'll post a link around the page so you can transition and follow me there. Uh, the insecurity project is introducing an algorithm, which I'm super excited about. Some of you have heard me mention this before. And that is a way of practice five in in the seven, is get help from someone who doesn't care about you. So in order to really solve insecurity, you do need help, you need objective help. so one of the things that I've been working on really hard is creating data analysts uh, a data analysis that gives objective feedback around how well someone is tracking in these seven practices. So the way the algorithm works is that there are 10 questions. Um, someone who's working with me will answer them as quickly and as honestly as possible. And based on the data of the language they've submitted, they will get a number back as a response. So practice one, step into the light. Someone might think, yeah, I'm fully, all the lights are on. I'm being totally honest and open about this. They'll submit the responses. The language will be there and they might get a 6 out of 10, some of their responses. And that might be offensive and confronting, but the the numbers don't lie. And it provides some very clear feedback for them, them to go back and redo the test, rethink about where they're pretending, where they're avoiding, where they're procrastinating, and notice how they can boost their own numbers by changing their own experience. So to me, that's just a really exciting way of, Um, helping a person track in real time their progress around these seven things. Because all you need to solve any problem is the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works. So these seven essential practices are the proven framework. This is not my discovery. My work was to make them explicit, to notice how people have solved this over time and create a model around it that I could use and you could use and then to create systems and processes that hold you in that space until you get the job done, until you get to show up to life unhindered by doubt, fear and insecurity and you can be at your best where it matters most. Uh, So, um, my intention is to have a world-class coaching product that is a go-to in the industry for people who are ambitious for entrepreneurs for leaders for business owners for people who are trying to do big things they understand they need a business plan and a marketing plan but they've got to have done the work around their own soul their own being their own personal development and that the insecurity project unhindered six month coaching program would solve that problem at a very high level uh i feel like i'm talking really fast and that's probably no surprise uh, this stuff is what I wake up with in the morning, what I go to bed with at night. Something I feel uh, incredibly compelled to. I feel like it is bigger than me. That that I, my course correction when I think about insecurity project is to surrender. That word aligns me to this. This is bigger than me. This is not about me. This is. It would be incredibly selfish. It would be incredibly. It would be incredibly unkind of me to play it small in this space to be anything less than all in um, there are, this is this is everything and I'm all in and I'm looking forward to uh, yeah, serving you in this space uh, for as long as I can that's all for today I'll talk to you again soon you've been listening to the insecurity project I hope you found the content and conversations useful And remember, you are not just the actor in the story, you are the storyteller. You have the ability to turn this all around. For more information about overcoming insecurity, check out the insecurityproject.com.